Walmart Plus members save on meeting up with friends. Save on having them over for dinner with free delivery with no hidden fees or markups. That's groceries plus napkins plus that vegetable chopper to make things a bit easier. Plus, members save on gas to go meet them in their neck of the woods. Plus, when you're ready for the ultimate sign of friendship, start a show together with your included Paramount Plus subscription. Walmart Plus members save on this plus so much more. Start a 30-day free trial at walmartplus.com. Paramount Plus, a central plan only. Separate registration required. See Walmart Plus terms and conditions. The legends are true. Overwhelming power. The sauce of destiny. Yes! The most legendary sauce has arrived as McDonald's transforms into the anime world of McDonald's. The greatest flavors unite in all new savory chili McDonald's sauce to make your 10-piece nuggets, fries, and Sprite ultra-powerful. Unlock manga comics with every meal and sit down for a new anime short every week only at McDonald's. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba, go! And participate in McDonald's for a limited time while supplies last. This episode is brought to you by Allstate. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings vary and are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Harry Wakes right to the last. Welcome to The Last Word on Spurs. Thank you ever so much for downloading us. You can find us on Audio Boom. We're on Spotify. We're on iTunes. We're on all major Android audio applications. You can find us on Twitter at Last Word on Spurs. We're on Facebook and Instagram too. Difficult to know what to say after that. We've just come back, I say virtually, having watched Tottenham Hotspur seemingly throw away a... 3-0 lead against West Ham United in that last 10 minutes. I don't quite know how we've done it. I'm interested if my panel can give us any kind of shining light or any kind of understanding as to how we've thrown that game away. So please have back alongside me as usual. I've got Lee McQueen. Lee, how are you? Yeah, good, thank you. Well, I mean, my, my voice is hoarse from uh, cheering and then uh, cursing <laughs> quite a lot for, in the last 10 minutes of that game. But uh, yeah. Look, I mean, ball is why we hate football, it's why we love football. So it is a tough one to take for sure, and I'm sure we're going to get into it with uh, with the boys. We are indeed. Also, welcoming back to the show one of my very good mates now, who I speak to almost daily at the moment, the wonderful Anthony Costa from Blues Back. And we spoke half hour before the game, during the game, after the game. What the hell happened there, Ant? I know, all different emotions, wasn't it? And like Lee, my voice is uh, very, very, very deep tonight because I've just been shouting at the TV. Um, and just, I just can't believe all their emotions from half four in the afternoon to half six tonight have just been up and down. And you know, that's what Lee, you know, Lee said we love football and, and hate football at the same time, but you know, that's why we're Spurs fans. 
Indeed, very much so. Now, what a time to be making your debut on The Last Word on Spurs. What a time to be coming to give your first appearance. Now, I wanted to give this guy the chance to come on, hopefully on the back of a Spurs win. Up to half-time, I thought, this is going to be a great debut. I'm so looking forward to having him on. We've got the wonderful Marcus Buckland, sports presenter, Spurs sufferer, proud father. Marcus, I'm so sorry to bring you on in these circumstances. Please forgive me. Yeah, don't blame me for the result, Ricky, please. You know, I, I, I sensed it was coming, but honestly, it was nothing to do with me. If only I had the power to change things around. But, you know, um, I did tweet, and I'm, I'm very negative. Anyone who knows me will know that I'm the worst person to watch a Spurs game with because I always fear the worst. And probably oh, you're like Anthony then, don't worry. You, you're yeah. in good company. Rightly so. And I, I, you know, I feared the worst because the build-up was great. The, the last performance at... Old Trafford was unbelievable, and I just sensed it was almost too good to be true. Something had to go wrong. Then I thought, you silly old cynic after 16 minutes. This is fantastic. The moment they got one back, I feared the absolute worst, and um, and here we are. I'm going to start the show with you. As Bale's second coming precipitated a famous West Ham comeback or Spurs collapse, so we're going to look at that. As the Hammers recovered from 3-0 down, as Spurs squandered yet another three points at home, right at the very death. West Ham are the first team in Premier League history to avoid a defeat in a game, having been 3-0 down as late on as the 81st minute. If I try and ask you to sum up what we have just watched in that game, can you try and give us some kind of understanding as to how those three points have not been secured at the Tottenham Hotspur Stadium? I thought the first... 30 minutes was about as good as it can get in terms of Harry Kane at his absolute brilliant best. We know the fantastic combination between him and Son. Reguillon at left back, I just think he's a genius. I love the dink cross for, Kane, uh, for Kane's header. Uh, Ndombele getting better and better by the minute. The whole team was knitting together apart from right from the word go. I thought that Davinson Sanchez looked a little bit of a, uh, a vulnerability, which has been the case in the past. But generally up until half-time, everything going superbly. As I say, the moment the second half got underway, I thought West Ham played a lot better. I thought towards the end of the first half, they were looking a bit more of a threat. And it was interesting that David Moyes, I know, said after the game that he thought they played really well in the first half. Well, that's pushing it. But I don't think they were bad in the first half. But the moment they got a glimmer in the second, Fornals missed that open goal with the header. I, I don't know what it was. Jose Mourinho says we didn't back off. I don't know whether it was the changes. I don't know what happened, but you could clearly just sense that something was starting to go wrong. Had Kane scored when he hit the post, obviously it would have been fine. Had Gareth Bale scored with his free kick with his first touch, we're talking about, you know, a miraculous story. And then he very nearly scored towards the end when it was 3-2. But you could just sense in the last couple of minutes, I said to my wife, who's not a big fan, I said, they're going to score. She said, no, they're not. They'll be fine. Anyway, she's she's still alive just about. But I, I just could sense it was coming, boys. And obviously the manner in which it came was was even more... Uh, disappointing, but Lanzini will never <laughs> score a better goal, will he? Oh dear, you can't make it. I mean, Ant, I know you said Ant, he'll, ne he'll never probably score again this season. I know it's, you know, we're going to come on to Ant in just a second, but Lee, coming around to you, I mean, the game itself, Lee, it was a bit lackadaisical for a long time in the middle of that match. I mean, it really didn't feel like Spurs wanted to go for a full, for a fifth, even at 3-0. I mean, even, I have to say, Kane went close a couple of times, Bow, of course, as well, but three really should have obviously been a plenty. I mean, how do you, Lee, try and sum up that game we've just watched. Well, I think I think Marcus summed it up perfectly. To be fair, I mean, you know, when, when you look at Kane at the post, uh, and then Gareth is is grazed the post, isn't he? I think I think he might have grazed the post, or he just put it wide. Kane had an effort saved as well, um, you know, and that that was when we was freeing it up. So we've created some some actually very very good chances today. 
it, it was a little bit lacklustre, like you say, in the middle. But again, you know, I question, you know, is it fine margins at elite level, which we always talk about here on, on, on the pod and, you know, of all the great, fantastic guests that we have on that perform at elite level. I mean, and we'll tell you, uh, as, as well as Marcus, you know, performing all of the time and whatever it is you do, it's a fine margin, right? So is it fine margins or is it silly mistakes? And, you know, again, I'm absolutely convinced here that we're turning a corner. The mentality is changing. We've got these winners in the in the dressing room. The the summer has been outstanding, absolutely outstanding, outstanding transfers and coming into the club and all, all this fantastic stuff. And like Marcus said, we, you know, we, we, we tore Manchester United apart last week um, or the week before. And obviously, international break, we're coming in. We scored within the first 45 seconds. All I want from my team, all I want from the mighty Tottenham Hotspur is start fast on the front foot, get, in, get involved and, and get on the score sheet really quickly. We scored three in 16 minutes. I mean, you can't get more, you know, faster or, or, or more on the front foot than that. And so I'm just looking at it around. And again, I, I, I agree with Marcus completely. I just wasn't, I'm completely opposite to, to Marcus in terms of optimistic, pessimistic. I'm Mr. Optimistic all the time. And uh, But there was something in me today that felt felt that they weren't out of the game. And, and it wasn't that like I was worried per se, but it just felt like, you know, you need to go and get another one. That sounds stupid, doesn't it? Three nil up, you need to go and get another one. But it felt like if we carried on playing the way we were in the first half an hour, 35 minutes, West Ham could, you know, they could really go four, five, you know, could have been, could have been a cricket score. But for some reason, like Marcus touched upon, we, 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 we dropped off. Moyes changed the taxi a little bit. I think the Kane block just before half time was absolutely critical. I, mean, I don't know what he's doing back in the own penalty area, you know, throwing his body on the line to defend. I mean, the guy is in anything. This guy can't, can't, he's a modern day Roy the Rovers uh, for, for us. And he's absolutely amazing. But, but, you know, that, that would have, given, I suppose, to a certain degree, West Ham confidence going into half-time, saying, actually, you know what? We're not out of this. And, and boy, weren't they? I mean, fine margins, bow scores, Kane scores, you know, it's 4-5-0, it's game over. But silly mistakes. I'm sorry, I know we're going to get into it, but set pieces. I mean, are you lot literally having a laugh? How are we giving away goals at set pieces? Time and time again, it's a set piece or it's a, it's a dodgy bit of defending. And I, you know, I'm quite frankly sick of it, and Saint needs to change quickly because you know we're not going to win. People talking about oh we're going to win the league and so on and so forth. Going forward, we're fantastic, but the defence is the issue. And you talked about the top of Showick. You need to sort it out, Spurs. But it's not just individuals; it's a collective. What is wrong with put somebody just putting their boot for it in the 93rd minute? See you later in the top stand. Sunday league, if you want, bang off you go. Even decipher or try and understand how. We've let this game go. I mean, Ant, let's bring you in because I know you've got a lot to say. I know you're very, very frustrated. Go as I say, the amount of coffee tables I've had a kick in over this last hour and a half. Please forgive our apologies for those because, um, like I say, when we record on the back of a game like that and give instant reaction, um, we don't get a chance to kind of calm down or try and rationally think when we do this straight after. But, I mean, Ant, you know, we're 3-0 up, 82 minutes. This is the first time since September 2001 I don't need to remind you of this. Obviously, a 5-3 home defeat against Man United for Spurs that we failed to win a game after leading by at least three goals. And, you know, Spurs had won their previous 87 Premier League games after taking a three-goal lead. How and how have we allowed that game to get away from us? Because I just think at, at the point of considering the first one, 82nd minute, why is there not that character leadership back there to say, look, lads, OK, 
One's got in. We've got to keep it tight now. We've got to see this game out. We know what's been happening over the last two weeks in this Premier League or the last three, four weeks of the amount of crazy games there's been, crazy amount of goals, crazy amount of comebacks. Why is that not going through the player's mind to try and eradicate that possibility? It's just silly mistakes. Um, I think Lee touched upon it. Um, set pieces, giving away silly free kicks, 93rd minutes, you know, kick the ball out, kick it in row you know. Um, Aurier, I don't know what he's doing there. Um, he gave away the free kick, you know, and it was just a case of, oh, all right, another free kick, let's try, let's try and defend. And it was exactly the same. It was two free kicks that they had and they scored from. Um, the first one, obviously, when everyone just stood there, ball watching, and the second one, you know, Lanzini's wonder strike, which, as I said, when we first started talking, he will never score again this season. And I will put a tenner on that and, and, and come the end of the season. And it always happens against Spurs. Now, coming to the point about um, talking, for me, um, as much as I love Lloris, right, and it's going to sound controversial, I love Lloris. I think he's been a fantastic servant, brilliant, and he's still brilliant to this day. I don't sit well with goalkeepers being captains, right? There needs to be a centre-half, yeah? Maybe, I'm not saying I'm just picking him out, maybe a dyer type to, to be talking all the time. There's not enough talkers in our squad, in our team, that first 11 today. And heads drop because there's no leaders there. And unfortunately, until we get a proper, proper leader, Kane's a leader, yes, but he's leading from the front. We need someone leading from the back, you know, like, I hate to say, like a John Terry, like a uh, Tony Adams, like Ledley King used to. We haven't got that in our team. And as much as we've had a fantastic summer transfer window, as Lee touched upon it, and I'm absolutely buzzing like, like any Spurs fan, we still need a talker either in the middle of the park or in the middle of the centre-half. That's, that, that's, that's where it comes from, mate. Um, as I said, I don't sit well with keepers being being uh, captains. It just doesn't do it for me. And I've always said that pre-Jose, post-Jose, pre-Poch, after-Poch, Martin Yole. Do you know what I mean? It just, it just doesn't sit right with me. That's fair. No, that's OK. I mean, I just think at the moment, you know, a lot of people come away from that game thinking individual errors have been a massive problem anyway. For years with Tottenham. No matter who we've had in the back yeah. line, they've always been a problem. Sloppy exactly. defending has always been a problem. I think Spurs... Being a complete team for 90 minutes has been a massive problem for, again, the last two, three years. When we look at this team and think, OK, when are we going to see a full 90-minute performance? We haven't seen that. And I think, again, this game highlights... Big point, that, Rick. Big I think, point. I think the it game is, also highlights you know, a lot about game management. And before we come on to the kind of game management side of it, I'm going to go through some of these listener questions we've had here, some of these statements. Alistair Hager says, Jose, not Spurs, Jose has to learn that you don't kill a game off in the Premier League in 2020 by sitting back and absorbing pressure. You keep the ball. We deserved a slap in the face. We are nowhere near good as we think we are in brackets yet. Neon Polyatsis says, how can we go with three goals up in 16 minutes and then blow it in the last 12 minutes? Eamon Macknell says, I have supported this club for over 50 years and I don't know any other of the other clubs out there who so often throw away games like us. We will yeah. never win anything until it stops. We should have signed an experienced centre-half in the summer. Ryan Smith says, great window of signings, but why, oh why, did we not actually go and buy that recognised centre-back? Sloppy goals to concede, as per normal. Trick Spurs says, does Spurs just not know how to deal with being ahead? Serious questions. 
they're just so used to coming from behind last season. Clearly, they're not good enough to hold on to a lead to the final whistle. That mentality needs to change. And I just want to go on to this, boys, because, again, a lot of people after the game were kind of reflecting on game management, you know, the individual errors. Where does the blame lie here? You know, we've seen all three goals. We don't like digging players out on the podcast. It's not what it's about. It's a team game. It's team performances. But we know the three individual errors. You know, it's Sissoko. You know, Winks was involved in there. Sergio Davinson Sanchez. I mean, Marcus, for you, where does the blame lie here? Is it game management from Jose Mourinho's perspective? Or is it just simply these individual errors that are costing us game by game, season by season? I think there's a real lack of confidence at the back. It was noticeable when we let in the first one today um, and they'd been banging on about the fact that we hadn't kept a clean sheet in nine games. So I think this was the 10th game in a row where we hadn't kept a clean sheet. There was a cutaway of first Alderweireld and then Davis Sanchez, and they both looked absolutely gutted. And I'm sure part of Mourinho's team talks over the past few days has been, we've got to keep it tight at the back, we mustn't let in goals, etc., etc. And I think they were slightly frazzled after letting the first one. Sanchez then has a rush of blood with a second. And you guys have mentioned Aurier, who I, I want to like, because there is a lot to like about him. But you give away a free kick like he did in the last couple of minutes. And from the start, I was actually wondering in terms of game management, um, why didn't Doherty start the match? Because uh, we brought him in. I thought Aurier did have his best ever game at, at uh, Manchester United. And I want to play him in the uh, in the Europa League on Thursday. But I was surprised that Doherty didn't start. And I don't think he necessarily would have made a mistake like that. So I think there's a lot of self-doubt at the back because they know that they've had problems. And I also do think, although I'm a, you know, I'm a, I'm a big Mourinho fan because he's a winner and I want him to succeed. I was surprised about that selection. The other thing I want to say, going back to what Anthony said, I thought one of the reasons we bought Hoybier is because he's a leader. He was Southampton's captain. I'm assuming he's vocal. I don't know for sure, but he's certainly the guy that that sort of focus should be coming from. Yeah, exactly, Marcus. Can I, sorry, sorry, you're absolutely right. And I must say, Hoybier for me was, was very, very good today. Right, he did his job. He did what he had to do. That's what we've been missing. And maybe you're right, Marcus. Maybe give him a couple of years and he might take the captaincy. I don't know. But what I'm trying to say is, there's apart from Hoybier, maybe, I mean, I, I had the uh, the crowd noise on today, but he might have been the one talking all the time. So I, I, can't, I can't say yay or nay. Do you know what I mean? But I must say that boy gives 110%. Every every game, all right, bar Everton, but no one gave anything that day. But from then, he's been he's been he's been bloody good. And yeah. just on this point, you know, talk about characters and leaders of the team. You know, I just want yeah. to ask you about the game management side of things. And I listen, you're a, Marine, a massive Mourinho fan. Listen, I want to succeed here. I really generally do. I feel like we've got we've given him the tools now, haven't we? I mean, this is the argument that sometimes we say managers at Tottenham haven't been backed. He's been backed more, I reckon, Mourinho than any of the previous right. last two or three managers. <clears throat> so on this yeah. end, you know, with what he's got now at his disposal, should he be managing that game better from the 82nd minute when that first one goes in? Can he have done anything more for you as a coach on the touchline there to help us see that game out? It's individual errors. That's the thing. It's individual errors. And unfortunately, it comes back to the same sort of players that we're talking about that Marcus, was, Marcus touched upon before. It's the same players not learning. Aurier made mistakes under Poch. Sanchez made a lot of mistakes under Poch. What more can Mourinho do? He's picking what he thought would be the best side to go out and beat West Ham today. And then, you know, two weeks before that, we went and beat Man United 6-1. Who gave away the penalty? Sanchez. It's not, you know, it's not Mourinho's fault. 
he's giving this boy time. He, you know, he's a Colombian international. But he's still making individual errors all the time. My heart's in my mouth every time. I've never known a defender to, uh, you know, be out jumped by, by a ball. And, and his heading, his, his ability, he's his on the ball. It's just not good enough. And I'm sorry, and I hate digging players out because it's horrible. But facts are facts. If you look back at statistics on how many goals we've conceded and from who, nine times out of ten, it's, it's either Serge or Sanchez. No, no, you're right, you're right. I mean, listen, the thing is, that it's, we I'm always not, say on this show, yeah. we, we don't like, as you mentioned there, and we don't no. like to dig out individual players. But the problem is, when it's individual errors, it's hard to kind of just blindly ignore them. And you have to kind of yeah. discuss them. You have to. I mean, Marino, after the game, said, I think you can imagine how frustrated I am and how frustrated the players are. That's football. We were not good enough or not strong enough to cope with that last 10 minutes. The game was strong intense and we didn't control it before the end. I don't think we believe that we that could have happened and we were punished. Do you think, in a way, that these players, are they getting too carried away by maybe some of the hype, dare I say, from the fans? I mean, what do you think from a psychology think, perspective? Yeah. I think, look, I think that if you keep telling yourself that, that, that you're good enough, you become good enough. I genuinely believe that. I think the more and more people keep saying that we're shit, the more and more people think keep saying that we ain't good enough. We we got this in it, we got that in it. That's the stuff that plays on your mind. I just wrote four things down on my on my pad, which is mentality, attitude, fatigue, and the changes. And they are the four fundamental reasons why we went from three 0 up in the eighty second minute to drawing that game three three by the ninety fourth. The, the the questions from the listeners or the statements from the listeners talking about how did we lose that game? How did we? Feels like I lost, doesn't it? How do we uh, throw away that lead? They're the reasons. Jose talks about mentality. He talks about we wasn't strong enough to cope. Strong enough to cope physically in, in, in the last kind of five, six, seven minutes of that game. Strong enough to cope mentally because we couldn't see out that game. And we're talking about um, the Sanchez own goal. And look, I, I thought Sanchez was as soon I think it's, I think Marcus, you said it already. As soon as the game started, I think he had a he had a fumble at a pass, went straight to a West Ham player, exactly. just like it did uh, in uh, in Europe um, a couple of, season, a couple of weeks ago. And Man United game, you just think to yourself, "Here we go." But 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 that own goal, he had to go for that ball. Like I'm going to defend him a bit. He had to go for it because if you if you don't put his head on that, albeit you know we don't want it in our own net, but if you don't put his head on it, Bowen scores because he's right behind. So you had to have a go. But the, the, the problem started with Lucas Moura. And Lucas Moura just comes on the pitch. He's, he's fresh as a daisy. He runs around. I, you know, I think he runs around a lot anyway. But like, he, he comes on. He's fresh as a daisy. If you look, Regulon's got a bit of a problem at left back. He gets done by two West Ham players. And Lucas Moura does not track. Does not track back enough to put pressure on that ball coming in, in the first place. That's where the problem is. You know, you've got the problem coming in the ball. And then Davinson Sanchez going, right, I've got to deal with this. Unfortunately for him, it goes in. The, the, the other, uh, for the free kick, like you just talked about, why is Sissoko um, and, and Serge pushing, pushing people over in that, in that area? Then free kicks that came in. Then free kicks that came in. I take you back to Everton. Lucas Digne, who who scored, uh, who put an absolute peach of a ball in in the in the Merseyside derby yesterday, does it week in week out. Did it against us, Everton, in the exact same position where we've just given a, a free kick away yeah. today. And whose side is it? It is Serge Aurier or Sissoko covering for. Serge Aurier. It's exactly in the same position. And, you know, not being funny, Cresswell's got a fucking... Uh, sorry, sorry. Um, um, Cresswell's got a fantastic left peg on him. So he puts the ball in. And he had a sighter before because the ref blew up. And it's like, you're just not dealing with the with, with the issue at the source. 
And this is what this is what um, I, I get frustrated about because Marino sets his teams up to defend from the front and work together as a team. Lucas comes on, fresh as a daisy, just running around, don't do his job. And because he don't do his job, Regulon gets in the situation, the ball comes in, then he st- and then Sanchez sticks it in the back of his own net. It is a problem. And, you know, it was a disaster today. So let me tell you something about disasters. Disasters don't happen with one thing. They happen with four, five or six things, that, that, you know, uh, go, uh, going at it. So, so a disaster happens. And today it was mentality, it was attitude, it was fatigue, and it was a changes. And they are four fundamental reasons why we didn't win this football match. Just to go back to some of these listener statements, only fair we read some of these out. This is from Daniel Brady, who says, when and how are we going to stop being our worst enemy? I've never seen a game thrown away so badly than that. And if there has been another one, it's probably involved Spurs and Man United. And he's actually spot on. You said, Ty says, why is it always set pieces that lead to us conceding goals? Three set pieces lead to them getting back into the game. Why? You know, I could go on here. There's so many questions that we've got here. Listen, I just want to give a shout out to Elliot Seraf, Simon Braddock, Charles at Cornwall Wait, Zach 8608, B Ray Houndall, Cos 1882, Cos says Saints away should have conceded four to five goals easy. Maccabi Haifa, again, we could have conceded four to five goals easy. Everton should have had more than just the one. Do you think Mourinho is too attacking that leaves our defence exposed? What do you reckon, Marcus, on that? Well, do you think, well, what do you reckon? Marcus? You can't have it both harsh? ways, can you? Can you I have mean, it both ways? It sounds very hard. You can't though. have it both ways. Come no. on. What do you reckon? Mourinho to attacking. I mean, that, you know... We've been crying out for him to attack. If anyone said that, they'd have been rushed off in, with doctors in white coats next to them. Um, <laughs> no, I think... I, I, think I'll, I'll, I think a lot of um, of what's been touched on by Lee there, those four points, there's a, there's a, a lot to be said for, for all of those issues. Mm. I do think, and I did mention before that I'm, I'm a pessimist normally. I don't want to get too downhearted by this. And, I, OK, I'll look at the stats. We haven't won a game at home yet. We've managed to throw away four points in the last minute against both Newcastle and now today against um, West Ham. And obviously we were terrible. Let's go back to the first game of the season. We're a completely different side from the first game of the season. We're making progress. We definitely have vulnerability at the back. And I think that that leads to a lot of uncertainty in the closing minutes of games. We've seen how we can win games from seemingly impossible positions, notably in Europe, of course, the season before last. So we know it can be done. I think they got nervous uh, perhaps the changes didn't help. You know, you could argue that Harry Winks was fouled, he was blocked off, that, and that we should have got a free kick um, before Lanzini even got his shot in. But these things, these things are an issue. Mourinho, I, does, I do think, fully appreciates them. I actually think, I'd like to think, although it's now happened in successive home games, that we will learn from this. And I do think we will go out and buy another cent. You know, we were trying to get a very experienced central defender during the summer. It didn't it quite happen. Yep, yep, yep. Um, so I think he knows deep down that that is still part of the parcel. I'm old enough to go back to, to the days when Ozzy Ardiles was manager. And I honestly think this season, it's going to be a case of we just need to score one more than the opposition. But and Marcus, can we carry on like it. that? Yeah, but I, I mean, I don't mind that either. But I mean, is that is that viable to, to yes. play like... Can it work? Can it work? I think, I think at the moment, uh, you know, you made the point, Ricky, at the start, this is a weird Premier League season. Nobody seems to be able to defend. Yep. Liverpool have now lost their best defender, possibly for the whole season. Yep. Manchester City, to everyone's great mirth, just can't defend no matter how no. many millions they spend on central defenders. So I do think it could be one of those years where there are so many vulnerable defences that actually are worse than ours that we can score more goals 
than we let in. And, that, and that's why I'm still actually very confident about the season ahead. I mean, you mentioned, Marcus, there that you think we will buy and have a defender in January. I mean, the question I want to ask you before we go for a break is, will it be too late by then? Are we going to be out of any potential title race top four if we if we haven't got that defender? Because obviously we, we all know on this show, we were very, you know, very highly linked with Milan Skriniar. You know, Steve Hitchin was out there negotiating for this guy. And I think to not bring him in, of course, is a disappointment. But you look at what we've done in the window. We've had a remarkable window. But it would have been, as we've all said on this show, the ice on top of the cake. I know, obviously, we've got the lad coming in from, obviously, yeah, Swansea, Joe Roden, who hopefully, listen again, young guy, one for the future. Maybe not right now. Will he be good enough to come into this team right now for you? Is it still too early at the moment, Marcus, to kind of judge that? I haven't seen enough of him, but I want to give him a chance. That's why I'm, you know, yeah. one of the pluses of being in the Europa League. Let's get him in. Let's see what he can yeah. do. And on the subject of the transfer window reopening, the one thing we should remember, of course, is that the season has started much later. We're almost into November now. So if you if we did sign somebody again in early January, actually, you've still got quite a large part of the season ahead of you. And I think there will still be time. We're going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we're going to be discussing the game itself. Because like I say, it's a shame in this game, there were some wonderful moments. There were some wonderful moments. I know, obviously, it's all been eaten away by what's happened. Rick? Yeah. Rick, was, uh, uh, sort of the same subject. Was this the only game of the Premier League this season so far that no VAR decisions happened? It's a very good point. Well, I mean, VAR was active. Yeah, I... VAR was active in this game. In yeah, subject. of course it was. It was. To be Great used, but we, we, had none to, we had none to be... Uh, yeah, to be considered or checked. Well, Winks, yeah. Winks was fouled. Yeah, Attent- right. yeah, possibly. Uh, listen, we're, we're, yeah. we're going to get into that, I promise you. We're going to go for a very quick break. When we return, we're discussing the game. Don't go anywhere. I promise you it's going to get better after this very short break. Phoenix 51 is a powerful employee technology enabling organisations to make data-driven decisions at every stage of the employee journey, from hiring through benchmarking and development too. The platform provides detailed analytics on the most important asset in your business, your people, enabling organizations not only to make the correct hiring decisions, but also how to benchmark, train, and retain them. Phoenix 51, powering your people decisions through every part of the employee journey. Hello and welcome back to the last word on Spurs therapy session for you. We are here weekly. We laugh and joke. You know, we uh, try and provide you with some form of entertainment. Very difficult to get entertained or to be in any fine positive mood after what we've just witnessed at the Tottenham Spurs Stadium against West Ham United. But we're delighted to have a top class team here looking back and trying to analyse, reflect on how we go forward, what went wrong. Because there were some great things in that game. Uh, we get to discussing some of them very, very shortly. But Lee, let's come round to you to discuss the team news ahead of this game because Gareth Bale started on the bench, as did Spurs' new striker, Carlos Vinicius. Steven Bergwijn was in good form before the international <laughs> kept his spot in the team. The midfield trio of Sissoko, Ndombele and Hoybier were excellent against Manchester United and Tsungi Ndombele had another decent couple of weeks to improve his fitness. And again, that was the three we went with in that midfield. Serge Aurier, I say earned the right to continue his role at right back. We'll deliberate during the game whether he should be keeping his place for Thursday's game. And, you know, we saw that back, well, the, the back line, it was down to Toby Alderweireld and Davidson Sanchez to deal with the bustling threat of Mikel Antonio. Eric Lamella picked up a slight knock, but it's worth pointing out that after the game, Lamella, Roden and Deli Alley were actually warming up or warming down, as you'd put it, after the game. So, Good chance all of those guys could potentially be involved this Thursday. Of course, no Deli Alley in the squad for this game against West Ham. Lee, what did you make of that lineup 
Yeah, well, I was obviously I was disappointed for for Bow not starting, but actually, um, you know, bowed down to Mourinho here because I'm going to say it because no one else has, um, not here, but on on social media, I, I thought Bow looked very sluggish uh, when he came on. Clearly, not match fit, um, and that would be right. Uh, maybe a bit ring rusty or whatever you want to say. Like it's not a criticism. I, I love the bloke more than more than most, as you know. But I think that he, he obviously needs minutes, and he clearly he wasn't match fit enough to start. Um, so that was a bit of a shame, but you know, good for uh, for, for for Bergwin um, to, to to start the match and showing that you know Bow's not just going to just walk straight into the team. First call uh, on the preview show that we did on Thursday, uh, both myself and um, John from Little White Rose actually picked the same team, and and that, and that back five was is, is what we, is what we picked. Um, I think the, uh, the midfield three is what we picked. Um, and then the front three was, well, obviously, I put Bow in. So, there's only chance. I, I thought Serge definitely deserves his place. I thought it was absolutely outstanding against Manchester United. And obviously, hindsight is a wonderful thing, isn't it? Um, you know, we've just seen him, you know, making a mistake with a free kick or whatever. He didn't do too much wrong. And, and actually, I, I, I must mention this. You mentioned Antonio there. Antonio went off. When Antonio went off, you know, the boys at the back have done a decent job. You know, he's a he's a, uh, he's a a pain, isn't he? He's a right pain. He's a, he's a good player, very physical, uh, quick, good in the air, um, can finish, as we know, from from uh, um, the first game, home game at White, um, at the new Tottenham Hotspur Stadium when, when they beat us 1-0 and he scored the winner. So, you know, I thought they'd done pretty well, the centre-backs, to be fair, um, against him. If you, if you actually look at the stats, how many shots on target they had um, or attempts, um, Lloris didn't really have to do too much. You know, your question to me is, would I make a team? I was pretty happy with it. I think that when you saw Son and Kane, I mean, literally, we didn't have much. You know, most people were just probably sitting down, weren't they? Ready to just go for, you know, quick, get ready for the game to kick off. And 45 seconds in, we're 1-0 up. I mean, you're thinking, here we go, here we go. I mean, it's absolutely brilliant start from two players that are literally on fire and you couldn't keep them quiet. And no sooner as they're, um, you know, the first one's gone in, then uh, he, uh, you know, Son turned provider and, and, and Kane scores and we're 2-0 up after seven minutes. And you're thinking, this is just outstanding. So I, I like the team that you picked. Um, and uh, I was very, very confident that we were going to go and win the game. I knew it was going to be goals. We talked about goals, didn't we, Rick? We yeah. talked about, yeah. I think I, I think I said 4-2. And if Gareth had bloody scored that goal, it, it might, might well have been that in the end, mightn't it? But yeah, um, good start, fantastic, out of the blocks. Um, two football, three and up even, wasn't it, after 16 minutes? And yeah. you're thinking, mate, this is going to be absolutely superb. I mean, Ant, come around to you. You know, we've always discussed about Spurs in to start games fast. This is the one thing that we've always, when I spoke to you personally, we always say, you know, Important we start fast today. Important that we you know get on the front yeah. foot very very early. Take the game to the opposition. Therefore, when we do score in the opening forty five seconds, I mean it was quite remarkable. I think it's Kane's ninth assist of the season, seventh mm. in the Premier League. You know, it's a dream start, isn't it? A dream start. Absolutely. I know it's difficult to go back to obviously what the result again, but I mean from a starting perspective, you can't ask for anything more than that, Ant, can you? No, not at all. And you know, again, Lee touches upon it as as well, but. We started out of the blocks, fast pace. I mean, I, I love, you know, I love fast pace football. Do you know what I mean? And, you know, we've been blessed with, with some great players over the years. But that ball from Kane was very Hoddle-esque, as my dad would say. Um, not the ball. The minute he knocked the ball, I knew Son was on it. Because I thought, you know, wow. Do you know what I mean? What vision. Um, and again, yeah, what, what a great start to the game. And... We just kept on, kept on. They were rattled. They were rattled. They had to change their game plan and everything because they had five at the back. Um, so they had to sort of mix it with us. Do you know what I mean? Go toe to toe. And 
they just they just started to creep in a few little bits and pieces and I thought oh right I'm not confident yet you know three nil up and I'm still not confident I mean ask any other team in the land and they'll be like no nah, we've won this but still with me I'm still three nil up and again you know Kane's second goal fantastic took it well and it's just a shame you know Bale came on it's a shame Bale when he come on you know didn't didn't, didn't finish didn't score that goal. You know, the, the old bar would have, it would have been, you know, the free kick would have been in. I think it's a brave point that Lee mentions about Gareth Bell because I think, you know, it's a point where a lot it's of people, true, yeah, I mean, listen, of course, you can it's get carried true, away in the point. hype of him, you know, when he comes on the pitch, listen, don't get me wrong, there's a lot of, you know, drama. I mean, imagine the fans the, the, the storyline of him coming on was great, you know, that homecoming, but I think, you know, you can get Brilliant. caught up in that and maybe not look to analyse his performance. We're going to come on to Bell a bit later on, but I mean, yeah, you look at that start, I mean, Come around to you, Marcus. You know, a start to a game like that, and you just wonder, you know, had West Ham done their homework because the link-up recently we've seen between Kane and Son, the interchanging, the way they've got this kind of telepathic partnership at the moment, it's a real joy to watch. I know you're sitting there opening of the game thinking, this is just the most perfect start to a game, and it's an incredible ball from Harry Kane. I mean, what can you describe a pass like that like, Marcus? Incredible, isn't it? Well, I actually think Hodlesk is perfect because... um the king of White Hart Lane would have been absolutely thrilled with the pass like that. And actually the fact that the Kane was dropping off, he was in that sort of, you know, that role behind the striker today, which was quite noticeable. And, and he, and as brilliant as he was, and I know we've touched upon this actually before we started the podcast, he was so, so good today. There was a little period midway through the second half when I did think, well, he's now looking for his hat trick, which is understandable as what every striker wants, but he's so creative that I, that, you know, I know the chance I would probably shoot and score anyway, but there was certainly one effort he had on his left foot, which was a little bit ambitious. Uh, you know, that's being hyper, hypercritical. The guy is unbelievable, that pass and the way that Son controlled it and finished it. That's why I'm excited about this season, because they are an irresistible force. Um, and yeah. whether he's scoring goals or creating goals is going to be, I think, the most, as long as he stays fit, is going to be the most influential player in the Premier League this season. Yeah, Marcus, you mentioned it there about Kane looking for that third goal. Do you blame him then? Could he have been more of a team player? It's so um, difficult, isn't it, when you look at fine margins of games? I think because everything comes through Kane, and and you know he was the linchpin today. I can't I can't blame him. It's human nature. If we were all absolutely perfect in everything we did, and if he looks back at the game again, he might say, "Yeah, I should have laid that." I, I'm thinking it was a couple of opportunities where he could lay balls off. And he didn't, but um, no, I'm not going to blame him for that no. because the guy was brilliant both when he was going forward and also um, in a couple of key defensive moments as well. I think, I think we must also make the point on Kane that I think he surpassed Thierry Henry now. A crazy stat this, I think, you know, to have the most goal involvements after the opening period, five games of a Premier League season. I mean, a player that is so selfish doesn't get that kind of accolade there to do that. And he's been phenomenal, Kane, really, as he, from the start of the season. Lee, coming on to discuss Kane, mm. his goal, this, you know, the goal to put a 2-0 <clears> up. Amazing. Juggles it from one foot to the other, nutmegging Rice, and then firing it lethally into the low bottom left-hand corner. Great, great goal, wasn't it, from Kane? It puts a 2-0 up. And at oh, that point, we're sitting there skills. thinking we're in complete control, Lee. Oh, for sure. Uh, the, the skill, it reminded me a little bit of when he done John Terry uh, on New Year's Day all them years ago when we scored five. Um, and he, you're right, he nutmegged uh, Declan Rice and then he also nutmegged uh, uh, Bonner, I think, as well, for the, for the shot. If you look at the shot, it goes for Bonner's legs as well. Double nutmeg, Kane, talk to me. Absolutely fantastic. And again, like like um, and, and Marcus <laughs> said, the boys just said, you know, you, you can't really... 
I've, I've run out <clears> of words <throat> to describe the bloke. I mean, I think he's absolutely world-class. I mean, at yeah, all is. levels. I've been banging on about him being the best number nine in the world for years. He's now dropping back doing the, the number 10 stuff. He's got Teddy Sheeran esque about him. He's, he's doing Alan Shearer role, SAS. Remember that? Back in the uh, you know, Euro 96 or whatever. He's doing both roles. I mean, it's just he's just incredible. With Son, the, the, the pace that Son's got, I didn't realise how quick he was until probably... This season, if, if I'm honest, some of them balls that he's putting through and, and Son's just on the end of him and then Son's getting back into, you know, giving the ball back to Kane. And like you say, telepathy. I think they fit now. I mean, Sky put a phenomenal graphic up before the game. There's uh, partnerships in Premier League history. I think we were we were fifth, uh, Kane, and, we, Kane and Son were the fifth uh, highest partnership in Premier League history in terms of goal contributions. Um, and weirdly enough, fourth was Sharon and Anderton. Can you make that out, boys? So we had mm. and listeners. So we had two. We had we had uh, two Spurs combinations in the top five. Well, now we've surpassed that. Oh, we Son and Kane have now surpassed that. I think they must be in the top three now because of the combination. So, I mean, and then you've got Bow to come. I mean, I've just I've just been I've been distracted by because you've got Sky Sports News as you do um, on the telly, and I've just uh, I've just seen the the, the Bale chance again. I mean, how he ain't scored that. I mean, it's just unbelievable. Yeah, and you'd have seen it on the score yourself. sheet today. Yeah. On the score sheet today, you'd have seen Son, Kane and Bale. I mean, yeah. it doesn't get much better than that, does it? And we would have won the game yeah. as well, but it's there. We would, have put, we would have won the game. Yeah, exactly. But Lee, you know, we, you mentioned the Chelsea game where we were 5-0 up or something, which I was still worried that day, mate. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs> but that was a 5 3 wasn't it? That was a 5 3 Isn't it horrendous now that we've hired one of the most successful managers in world football, a serial winner, and we are sitting there 3-0 up to West Ham, still thinking... We're going to blow this. We're going to blow this. Because again, because it's a mentality thing, isn't it? It is a men. It is is ingrained in us. It doesn't matter what players come to the football club. I think that's more. That's also interesting, isn't it? You you, you know, we can go go sign Scrinoir in bloody January, and we'll still be giving away dirty free kicks on the on the edge of our box. I mean, it is mad. We've got to get it out of our system. Look, I I think we will. I think we will. I think that the process that we're going through, the learning, the pain that we've had in Champions League final defeats and the semi-finals that we've lost, I think that has been a learning learning curve for us. Now, Deli Ali summed it up for me perfectly probably two, three seasons ago and said, we can't keep doing this, remember? But we're still doing it and we've got to get it out of our system or else we won't, we will fall short. We'll always be the bridesmaid, the cliche as it's going to be, but never the, uh, never the bride. In order to become the bride, we've got to get these silly mistakes out of, uh, out of our out of our game and get the mentality to say that we are going to go up and we're going to win this. It's not going to be, oh, we're going to drop, we're going to go and win it. There was yeah. some players on that pitch today that thought that three nil up with with ten minutes to go, we thought we'd won the game. And yeah. and the Premier League and look, you boys know this, listeners know this better than I do. The Premier League is the is the best league in the world, and that is the reason why because yeah. it always comes back to bite. You saw it yesterday, Chelsea for God's sake, they're two nil up, they draw three three. You know, West that's, that's, Brom, even so, though, that's even more so, Wiley. That's even more so. That's even more so, Lee. Why it's so frustrating, isn't it? Because you're saying it there. You know, we've seen the games the day before, how teams are throwing away leads. Why, I keep going back to this, why is nobody in that back line? Why is Hoybier, and I don't want to dig out individual players here, why is no one getting hold of some of these lads saying, but, look. But why is, the corner, why is the corner still going in from Gareth Bale? We get a corner up the other end of the pitch. Why is that going in the box? Why are you not just pissing around with it in the corner? Yeah, I know. Like most, well, you know we know if Lamella was on. We know if Lamella was on, that's what he would have done. It'd have been like all like this, falling, you know I mean, falling over, winning foul. <laughs> this is game management yeah. stuff. Of course, it was. It was. We lost our marbles at the end. I know, Andy, I can't believe I'm calling for Lamella to start. I'm sorry, Ed. 
Well, but you know, it, it wasn't listen, maybe him starting, but at six one at six one against United, I was still crapping myself, mate, because I thought, <laughs> do you know what? Some mad referee decision is going to come in and. We'd have to start the game all over again. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> well, I've got to say, at the point of two up, listen, we're, we're, in, we're flying. You know, Kane is looking incredible and all that pre-match yeah. hype was really coming to light. And then, Marcus, another superb goal and Spurs go free up. And it was a Sergio Regulon, absolute ridiculous cross, which was perfectly flighted to beat two West Ham heads before Kane headed home. And it was just the most incredible start. And I'm going to be honest with you, at 3-0, I was starting to get carried away. Was you? Yeah, uh, yes, I was most certainly getting carried away. I was getting greedy, and that was the only thing. I was actually disappointed. That was a brilliant goal, and I, 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 there's nothing better than uh, a fullback who gets up, you know, and then delivers the perfect ball because you don't see it very often. It was absolutely perfect, and of course, Kane did what we knew he would do. There was that was what 16 minutes? Did you say we were three up after 16 minutes? So yeah, 16. I was, I was actually yeah, 16 minutes being, being, you know ultra d- desperate for another. I wanted another goal before halftime. And I thought we, I, I sensed even at 3-0, we kind of felt we'd done the job a little bit. Um, I, I haven't got the facts in front of me. I'd love to know how many chances we actually created and had on target shots after that. Uh, because, yeah, I think it was three, Marcus. I think it was three. Three. It was only three, three more three, in yeah. 75 minutes, which is, uh, yeah, an interesting stat. Um, and I, I do think it slightly backs up what David Moyes said. As, as good as we looked, and we looked fantastic for the first 20 minutes, I didn't think West Ham were... They looked a bit vulnerable. You know, when Harry Kane plays a ball like he did for Son's goal, uh, and when Kane does what he does brilliantly to score the second, and when Reguillon produces a cross like that, I think we could, we could score that against anybody. I didn't think West Ham were that bad. And actually, as the game developed, I thought they looked quite good, which is why it didn't come as such a huge shock to me when there was the sting in the tail at the end, because they definitely had the better of the second half. For sure. Well, I agree. Completely agree with that. They did. I mean, Lee, let's come back around to you because, I mean, so, uh, on Regulon, Lee, how impressed have you been by him? Because he has looked like a real roadrunner down that left. And, you know, along with that cross, I think we've got such an exciting player here, Lee, haven't we, in Regulon? You know, what a star we've got in the making here. I agree. Um, and again, I think probably, uh, I wasn't digging him out, but he, he got done a little bit um, for, for the Sanchez second, uh, for the Sanchez own goal. Uh, down that left hand side because Lucas wasn't helping cover. And again, you know, you've got to think, right, this guy's coming to the Premier League. It's taken Undumbele 18 months to get to, <laughs> to get to grips with the pace of this bloody football uh, that, that we play in this country. And Miguelon's just walked in and he's played a couple of games and we expect him to be playing 95 minutes the whole game. So again, game management or changes. Why didn't Ben Davis come on? He could have easily come on and shored that up at the back. Are you with me? So, um, but he is a superstar. I mean, he is so quick. I'd like to see him in a, in a flat race, you know, um, against the likes of Carl Walkers and whatever. You know, I remember when we had Carl Walker at his peak at Tottenham and uh, he was so, so quick. And you knew that, you know, he, he might have a dodgy back pass him or whatever. So but, you know, from a from a flat yeah, foot, yeah. foot race, you so knew true. that he was going to get back. Mm. And, and that's what regular. And he done it again today. Yeah. You know, against Chelsea, he got back at um, one, I can't remember, I think it was Timo Werner. It was a wonderful, wonderful, right in the middle of the pitch. And, you know, he was miles away when he got back. And today he done the same thing. To be honest, I think he, I think it was a foul, but he didn't get given. Um, but the reality is he got back and made, and made the block and, and made the challenge. So I think he's he's got a brilliant, um, brilliant engine on him. Um, I think he can defend. I think he can get out of the pitch. Exactly what we, especially you, Rick, you've been screaming out for fullbacks. Um, and I think he's a brilliant signing. The only, again, the only criticism I've had of, 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 of 
of him, ultimately the team, and this is probably where the second half comes in, Mark has just touched on, is that how many times did you see him putting another cross like that? It, I think he did it once. Again, I haven't got stats in front of my, my blue book is failing me today, but I, I would I would guess he only put one cross in. It was a wonderful cross and we scored from it. But if he if he's got that in his locker, which he has, why don't you do that two or three more times? And again, game management. How many times you see this with Drogba when um, when Jose is managing Drogba? Get some fouls. Get some fouls on the edge of the box. Right, but do some backing in. And Kane was trying to do backing in. But the problem is, is if Kane's dropping off so deep to start being the QB, the quarterback, he, he can't be the front man backing in and getting the fouls in and around the box. How many corners, uh, how many um, uh, free kicks or, or, or fouls did we have in and around their final third today? Again, I'll be very interested to know that because, again, game management-wise, put, put the ball upfield, get a free kick, release the pressure, get somebody like a, a regular uh, taking the corners or the free kicks, a bow that you've got, a son that can put brilliant deliveries in. I don't think we saw enough of that today. We didn't, did we? But one player that, Lee, you mentioned there that I want to kind of pick up on, Ant, and speak to you about is Tungy Ndombele. Because in that first half, he made two really, really big tackles in the centre of the pitch. And the first of which set Spurs on a break. And we saw Josie, actually, a very happy man on the bench, who bellowed, well done, Tungy. And to be fair, you know, that first half from him, you know, superb passing, generally as well, he looks like he's come along at now so, so much. He looks like a man reborn under Jose Mourinho. What have you made yeah. of, of the way he is kind of, in, in a way, taken on the criticism that's been coming his way? He just has now seemed to, you know, embrace it and come back with a point to prove, hasn't he? Yeah, I mean, yeah, he, he, he's, he's one of the first names on the team sheet for me. I think he's... He's got, you could tell his ability. He, he just glides past players. And we haven't had that since Moussa Dembele. Um, but it creates, he's a forward thinking, you know, midfielder. He'll, he'll split the defence open with a little pass. He'll drop, he'll drop the shoulder and go, bang, bang. He'll go past players. You know, he's got strength. And for me, he's, he's been outstanding. And I hope, that obviously Jose still believes in him and, and, you know, giving him game time. He does need game time. Um, I want to see Ndombele playing 90 minutes week in, week out. Um, I don't, you know, unless we're 6-7-0 up, which is going to be very doubtful. But he, he, he he's, just, he's just what we need. He's what we need. And as I say, it's what we've missed since uh, Musa left, uh, you know, nearly two years ago now. So... I rate him. I think he's fantastic. And, you know, long may it continue. And, you know, a front of Ndombele, uh, Lo Celso, Bale, Son and Kane. You know, the world is our oyster. We just have to finish teams off. Do you know what, and whenever I speak to you personally, you know, I always get, you know, aside from you, the, the worriness. For you to sit there and say the world is our oyster, I mean, for you must generally start believing now that if we can defend... Yeah. We've got a formidable 100%. team, haven't we? We've got a formidable 100%. team. Yeah, yeah. We, we have. Mm. We have got the, the the makings of being a top. The nucleus is there. Team. Yeah, it's there. The foundations yeah. is there. Yeah. Mourinho's been backed. Levy's back. Mourinho. Did it, you know that we we got most of the, the business done early this this summer. Yeah. And and I think that the, the return of Bale is a massive lift for the dressing room, um, but. We have to stop making silly mistakes. You know, come 80 minutes, shoulders shouldn't be coming down, head shouldn't be coming no. down. You yeah. should be still battling, still battling. And, and as, mm -hmm. and as um, Lee said, we, we get a corner, 
just be those horrible, nasty players that we we can be that we that we showed against Man United to frustrate them yeah. because that is how Mourinho set up his team when he was Chelsea's manager. That's how he set them up. Sometimes we, we'd outplay Chelsea, yeah. but who would come away with a win? Chelsea. So at true. Stamford Bridge, I, you know, I remember. Sorry, Marcus. I remember being at Stamford Bridge and we were battering them and it was still nil-nil. Who scored? William Gallas last minute because they didn't give up. Do you see what I'm saying? You know, we were 3-2 up once in an FA Cup replay. Possum Garley, do you remember him? Mm. We, were, we, were, we were out playing them. Who scores the winner? Lampard and I think Terry, you know, forgive me if I'm wrong, but they still battled because they had leaders, they had talkers in their side and I think you know, now the, the tide is turning and I hope, you know, good things are to, are to come. I, I want to echo what you said about uh, yeah. Andre, and I agree, we won't be able to take him off when we're 6-0 or 7-0 up because we won't keep <laughs> on the sheets, but we might be able to take him off when we're 8-3 up. So they're, they're Yeah, up. yeah. That's it, Marcus. Marcus, I've got to ask you, while on Dombele for a second, you know, another big performance in the middle of that park. And as I mentioned, two booming tackles in quick succession in that first half. But I think it's very, um, you know, I think you look at the situation with Ndombele, that it's very much clear to see that everything kind of went wrong when we went off because we weren't holding the ball up anymore. I mean, are you worried about his fitness? I mean, is he capable of doing... You know, 90-minute games, week in, week out. We've got a lot of games to come. We've got a packed schedule coming. We've got Carabao Cup. We've got Europa League, FA Cup to come as well. Are you confident fitness-wise we won't, you know, have a problem there? I, I'm assuming that he's if he's a top professional, I think he's starting to show that. By the way, you know, last season obviously was a bit of a disaster. I think Mourinho's man management at the time was questionable. He publicly criticised him last season, of course. He seems to have backed him big time behind the scenes during the close season. And the guy's now reproducing that sort of uh, the, the faith that has been shown him on the pitch. And, you know, I'm sure when he was uh, at Lyon, I, I haven't followed his career that closely, to be honest, beforehand. But I, yeah, I don't see why he shouldn't be able to play a full 90 minutes, give, give a, you know, another month or two because he's still acclimatising. But I would totally agree with everything that the boys have said there in terms of what an influence he is going to be and how we've missed a player of his sort for quite a long time. And I also agree that the world is our oyster. But the point I'd like to make is that I think that we've got to strike this season. We we had a golden opportunity three years ago when Leicester Spot won the on. Wide Spot, open. On. Spot on, Marcus. Spot on, mate. Absolutely baffing, mate. 100%. Yeah, this is Marcus, yeah. Um, let, let's, we've got to do it now. Let's do it now. We, we can't exactly. wait too much longer for people to bend. Thank you very much. That, that, that Leicester season, Marcus, you know, I have many in arguments with Spurs fans that are friends and not, you know, on socials and stuff, which everyone's entitled to their opinion. But we did play the best football. Yes. Did we win? Did we win dirty? No. That showed that the, the battle at the bridge all those, you know, three years ago, we was 2-0 up. Mm. Cruising, playing some fantastic football. Delhi was on fire. Someone was on fire. And then we ended up drawing two all because we didn't have that nastiness built yeah. in us. And now, now I'm seeing a few little nasty things. You know, Lamella, I'm not a massive fan of Lamella, but what I saw against United... Yeah, but but I get why he started for United against United because he's there to wind players up. And and rightly so, why can't we be that team that, oh, I don't want to play Spurs this week because, oh, Lamella, he's going to get me sent off. We want want all that to happen. Look at Marino when he first said to, um, I think it was Harry uh, in the documentary, he said, when I was Man United manager, I was already 1-0 up when I got into the stadium. Because I knew your mentality as a team was 
was was defeat. Yeah. And do, do, do you know what I mean? I know I'm sort of going a bit off now, but that's a fair point. You know, yeah. It's, it's it's we need well, we that, need that, to win that, it that's now. That's what we need. Otherwise, but it's funny you mentioned yeah. that at the bridge where we were two up and cruising and we drew a game. Oh, what happened today? So I, I hope S- that we're going to sort of S- yeah, sim- yeah, the recurrence of that similar character exactly. traits, isn't there? There's there's still similar character traits that we have to eradicate. I mean, Lee, can I talk about some of these character traits with you? I mean, listen, mm. Bale's on the listen. Bale's come on. And of course, and we're getting as fans, we're getting carried away. The homecoming, the second homecoming, he's on the pitch. We'd like to see it, but you know, first shot on target, he fires a free kick tamely at Fabianski. If only he'd stand that into the top corner, God, what that would have done. But West Ham grab a goal back. So Soko didn't even get off the floor as Balbuena headed home from a free kick. Lee, you've been the advocate on this show about defending from set pieces, individual errors, and there's another one there. You know, I don't like to go too, again, as, in on players, well, you can't, we've got to defend it you better. Can't, you we? can't we've defend got to defend that. these set pieces. You can't defend the way that we're defending. Do you get what I mean? <laughs> you can't You can't defend. It's no excuse. It's, it's a bloody set piece. You know, the ball The ball is a good ball, right? But it's a set piece. You have to be getting in front of your man. You have to know and be aware. And Sissoko didn't get off the floor. He, 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 he didn't... I'm so, I'm just not having set pieces. Uh, it's my bugbear. It's like, if... if look, the Lanzini goal, right? Don't get me wrong. All of us were doing whatever we were doing, kicking coffee tables like you, Rick, or you know, running around screaming whatever you were when a goal goes in. It's an absolute worldie. You don't need another one like that, as Ant said at the beginning of the show. Sometimes you just have to go. Do you know what? You know, it was a bloody worldie, but not a set piece. No chance. Not a set piece. They are not worldies, right? In, and at the end of the day, uh, you know, in terms of a free kick, I mean, like in, in a corner coming in or a free kick coming in, you know, a header. You know, if somebody pings one in the in top bins like um, Lanzini did, you sometimes got old rounds up, but it's just a collective amount of errors. Like I said before, and I'm just repeating myself, so I won't bother again, but the key, key thing here is mentality. Get it out of your game, be confident. And Jace, one of our own, always talks about playing on the front foot. And we were playing on the front foot most of the, you know, for the first half an hour, as Michael said, right at the beginning, maybe first 40 minutes. But, but something did change. And, you know, uh, and in the second half, we wasn't playing on the front foot. West Ham come out in the first five, six, seven minutes or so. They were, it was a, about 40% uh, possession in our own half, in Spurs' half. And it was like, you know, they, they had the lion's share of the game in our half in the first eight, nine minutes of the second half. And you thought, this is setting the scene here. And, and, and a team that's probably just come out and gone, we've got nothing to lose here because we're 3-0 down anyway. What, there's no pressure. So you may as well just, you know what I mean, get the shackles off. Um, and, you know, and, and contrast that, Spurs were like, well, we've won the game. There was players on that pitch that thought we'd won the game and we haven't won the game. This is Premier League. It's a harsh lesson to learn, but, Lee, but it's one to learn. Look, one thing that for it, me. me about that is, and I, I think you know, we've all said that we, we are Mourinho fans and he's shown what he can do. But uh, we go back to, you, you were talking about how he man-managed Drogba, et cetera, et cetera. The thing I was always most impressed about uh, Mourinho, especially during his two spells at Chelsea, was when things either weren't going right or he could sense there was something wrong. He was the master of the tactical Change it. Situation. 100%. I was thinking as the second half wore on, oh, I wonder what he's going to do here. And, yeah. you know, in terms of what he did actually, okay, again, I don't want to be hypercritical, but I was, I, I kind of was wishing for some magical um, tactical. Change, yeah. I mean, he's even, the game and it didn't happen. I, I, I agree. I mean, he's, he's even done it with us against Red Star Belgrade, didn't he, when he hauled off uh, Eric Dyer at half time. He's, he's, so he's done it with us, he, even been our manager. And, you know, if you look at his, if Bow coming on was inevitable. Um, you know, for 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 for, for Berge, and that's fair enough. Lucas coming on for, for for Son, I think it was just a bit of a like for like. Dembele was shot, 
to pieces, 75 minutes in, you could mm. tell. So he needed a bit of fresh energy in there. And the, and the midfielder that he had to come on was Winks. And so he just made changes that were just the same. There was no magical tactical change, as you say, Marcus. It was just, yeah, I'm just going to go like for like here. And again, I, I, look, I'm not saying this to, to, to you, but it, it, to all of us, really, it's kind of, it's a little bit hindsight, obviously, because, you know, the reality is that, you know, if... Um, <laughs> It's a whiff and butts, isn't it? But, you know, if, if Winks puts that in Rose Ed, as Ant said earlier, we, we win the game 3-2, we sigh of relief and we, we're all having a completely different podcast and completely different feeling. What I would say is this, we didn't lose the game. We've got a point. Chelsea uh, drew, Everton and Liverpool have drawn. Leicester and Villa at the moment uh, are drawing because we're recording this, um, obviously, straight after the game. Um, and, you know, we've, we, we, we can't, Arsenal lost. Um, you know, so we've kind of got away with one at the moment. We're still in it. That's um, a shame, isn't you know, it, Because we had a great opportunity. I know. To... It's an opportunity. Yeah. It's a 100% agree with you, Rick. Mm. And we would have been second yep. tonight, yep. especially with that goal difference if we see the game out of 3-0 and just mm. like pass the ball around and do boring football 40 minutes. Yep. But but the reality is we didn't do it. And it's not a complete and utter disaster. We've got to learn from it. Let's take the learning from it. But we're still in the mixer. And... Um, there's a lot of teams in the mix. Don't get me wrong, but we're still in it. Yeah. Um, and yeah. we're, you know, we're 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 only we're five points off of uh, off of Everton at the moment. We've only lost one game all season, so yeah. we've got to take the positives from 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 a situation that but, was horrible. Let me come around to you, Anne, because I think again, you know, you look at the defending. You know, it's, it's actually a shame because Soko, to be fair to him, he actually had a decent performance up until he, he failed he to get off the ground for yeah. that goal at three-one. Yeah. But then another goal for West Ham and this is where alarm bells are really ringing and this is at a point where it's got echoes of Mourinho's actual first game in charge for Tottenham against West Ham Sanchez you know he heads into the back of his own net and I think at this point there are massive nerves and you can see the whole back line then we look nervy we look jittery players are uncertain it's almost like again they question their jobs I know Ant you've had your reservations about Sanchez generally should he even be in the team for this one? Bearing in mind, like you said, the week before the internationals, Manchester United is an absolute stonewall penalty. You can't argue that's a penalty. No. Should he of be course, in the team? Should he be in the team? Yeah, but he had no choice, though, Rick. Sorry to, sorry to cut across you, Ant, but he yeah, had no choice. Yeah. Eric no. is injured, and, and so yeah. is Jaffet Tanganka. Joe's only just, he didn't even get clearance. But is time, there not an argument? And we didn't I mean, sign Scrimmar, so. But is there no argument at all, even, I dare I say this, I know people might shoot me down here, but Ben Davis has got the capability to play as a centre-back, if he was that concerned about Davinson Sanchez's ability, do you put him in a team in a game well, like Well, he this? wasn't, though. He wasn't concerned, Rick. Sorry to interrupt you again. Mm. We're concerned because of the hindsight. But, Jose's not concerned. That's I, why he plays him. He probably I'm, puts his arm in and goes, but, you've got this stat. But I'm concerned yeah, but, if he's not Jose concerned. Won't. But I'm concerned that he's not concerned because Sanchez is making these rickets on a regular basis, Lee. And as you said, mm. this is not a one-off and it will happen I'm again. I'm not defending him, by the way. I'm no, just saying no. Jose's obviously got faith in him but or, I, or I, not. I, we'll see what happens in the next... The thing is, let's look at um, what's happened to, um, you know, other high-profile central defenders who play for England for Manchester United, and we thought they'd get left out this weekend. But mm. sometimes, I think, especially as if Mourinho, I think, down the line, sees Sanchez as one of his two first-choice centre-backs. So if he, if he jettons, him, jettons him this early, you know, I think that, that leaves a real problem for him. So I, I kind of think he's hoping that, OK, he made a mistake. It didn't matter against Manchester United. Let's keep look- playing him because I think he's got the ability to come good. A little bit like Frank Lampard's done with their goalkeeper. Yeah. Where's he got to go? He's just, you're talking about Jettinson, um, uh, you know, with, with Sanchez. He's done that with Kepa, right? So he's brought in a new goalkeeper, right? Correct me if I'm wrong. He's turned around to Kepa and gone, mate, you're not good enough. Then the goalkeeper's injured, so he's brought Kepa back in. Yeah. And then the whole of the back line sitting there going, well... 
my manager doesn't trust this goalkeeper, so nor am I. So instead of passing back and using Kepa, they're now going to try to change it around. I, I totally agree with you, Marcus. It's a, it's a very, it's again, it's yeah. fine lines. It's a balance, isn't it? You know, I think that Jose probably, no, I say, I say probably, I think it's well documented, isn't it, that he wanted Squinwa and and actually he, he wanted to sign him. Um, we couldn't get that overline for whatever reason. We've got we've got the lad Joe in, but he wasn't available. Joe and Eric and Jaffe couldn't have played today. Uh, um, so yeah. the only yeah, the, the only the only aspect, like you say, Davis is a good shout. Could have put Davis in, but I mean, listen, I know, know Davis is not Davis a recognised centre. Yeah. Exactly. I know, I know, re- I know Davis is not a recognised centre back. But my concern is that if he had real reservations over Sanchez, like Lee, you're sat at the moment, he doesn't have reservations over him. My worry is, Anne, you know, should he have reservations over him? Because again, you know, we've seen it this season, last How season. How many times? But, but yeah. we all live on this word, don't we, about potential. Rick. We 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 live yeah. on this word yeah, yeah. about potential <clears throat> players. And listen, for Sanchez, you know, the first couple of seasons, you back him and think, do you know what? In time, he'll come good. We're now, what, the third, fourth season? Surely this is at a point now where the mistakes are eradicated from his game and there should now be an element of consistency. Yeah, because, he, you know, by now he should know that the, the pace on, and, and the... The, uh, the pace of the Premier League. Um, you know, there's no excuses. Do you know what I mean? You know, we, are we going to be saying this about Roden in, in a couple of weeks' time when he makes his debut, so, so to speak? So, um, do I think he should start? Personally, no. But as 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 Lee said, everyone else is, is injured. Today, if Dyer was fit, it would have been Dyer and Toby. Um, because Toby's got the head. Toby has, has a the legs anymore he's got the brains he's got he's, he's old school so we need someone with that's younger with a bit of pace or a bit a bit mobile to be next to him this is why Jan God, God bless him is not there anymore because Jan's legs have gone mm. you know Jaffet I think he's fantastic worries me a little bit that he's always injured he's always get, he always picks up knocks here and there um, that's a that's a bit of a worry for me I spoke to you about this Rick didn't I mate so you know hopefully when he's but, you know, fully fit and, and recovered, he can start as well because he has got he has got ability, and and he can also play you know right back as well. I'm not saying we need another right back, but he's there to cover. Whereas sometimes Sanchez just doesn't read the game that well. And the I, other I thing that strikes me, guys, is Mourinho is clever, and I think also if he plays Davison enough times and he keeps making ricks, he can then go back to Daniel Levy at Christmas yeah. and say, you know, I have given our first choice central defender, enough opportunities. Because mm. if he left him on the bench, Lee goes, well, why haven't you played him more? So he can say, well, look, I've done enough. We've got to go and hell for leather now and get ourselves another experienced central <clears> defender. <throat> and maybe there is yeah, a That's there. a shout. Yeah, it's a great that's point. A, that's a great shout, Mark. It's yeah, a great absolutely. point. I mean, what I must say again, like I say, it's a free two. Like I say, we're on tender hooks. And then we see a fantastic chance for Tottenham. That was almost the moment. Kane playing in bow through. He showed real quick feet, to be fair to bow to get past his man, but his shot was wide the goal. And I think it goes back to the point you made earlier, earlier Lee, that if Bale is match fit, it's in the back of the net. We've won that game. We've got the three points. We're second in the league. But it spurs, like I say, typically that it, it isn't that case. And West Ham, minutes later, go up the other end and just, it's a rocket from distance from Lanzini that lorries can only tip onto the woodwork I mean, I think it's a wonder strike. I generally do. And I know a lot of people kind of questioning maybe, I don't know, Larice's position, Winks's involvement. I mean, Lee, Winks came on with Bale and he made a key block in his own box soon after. It's, there is an argument that he could have done better. 
with the touch. And I'm going to promise you I'm going to ask you on this point as well. But there is a point that Lee here, he could have done mm. better, Winks, with his touch that led to Lanzini's late rocket. But do you put any blame at all on anyone in that build-up that led to that equaliser? Well, I think I think it's the same situation, isn't it, as what we talked about earlier about kind of a, a catastrophe, you know, a, a category of errors. You know, it was why are we giving a free kick away in that position in the first place for it to come in in the first place for Kane to be able to defend when it does come out that Kane's header is normally fantastic and it was still a, a decent enough header. Why isn't Winks just putting his boot through it and putting it like just you know wherever, just stick it out. It's 30 seconds to go. Just put it out. They ain't got enough time to put a throw-in in. And the fella who got a throw-in before gave a free kick away because it was a foul throw. So just put it out for a throw, wang it up the pitch, do whatever. Why are you trying to do a... a I don't know what you're trying to do, some like fancy flick to, to what? To get a breakaway goal like on the counter-attack. It's, you wouldn't have had enough time to go up the other end of the pitch. So yeah, I do blame a catastrophe. You know, it's, it's, it's errors. You know, just just think about game management for a second. Get win the ball back, pass it around, quick triangles, one, two, three, like put across your back. You don't need to worry about it. stick it up the other end of the pitch. This is, reminds me of Wanyama against uh, Manchester City in the quarterfinal of Champions League. Remember when he came and just bashed the ball up the pitch to get that's what he needed to do. But he didn't he didn't fancy doing that. So I yeah, I do I do blame I do blame him for it, for, uh, you know, for, for for that side of things. And he'd be look, he'd be devastated himself, right? But at the end of the day, in terms of the worldie, it was a worldie. Like 100%. It was a worldie. He ain't going to, said at the beginning of the show, he ain't going to hit another ball like that. He probably won't score another goal. He ain't going to hit another ball like that um, this season. And it was top bins. You, you know, I don't think you can blame the goalkeeper. It come, it was, it was rapid. I think the thing is, that, oh, I was going to swear then, but the thing that rolls me so much, right, is the panic that happens in the Tottenham back line or in Tottenham. Like it's it, why are we panicking? Chill out. There's a line of erraticness, Lee, isn't there? There's a there's a massive erratic panic. <laughs> erratic, exactly that. Exactly that. <laughs> that should be like this part erratic of the podcast. Erratic boys. panic Fuck about Tottenham, but it's been there for know, years. Totally. I mean, I've, I've got to bring out in on this point, Anx. I know you want to, you know, give your you know view on this. Winks, and I know you again. You're, you're not a massive fan of Winksy, and again, it's one of those players that you probably argue that now Winks has become effectively he's become a squad player. But again, you you put the point out also here that Oria in the build-up is giving away a crucial free kick that Lee mentioned there. It's not even a foul we had to make, is it? And why are we in this position again? He wasn't going anywhere. He wasn't going anywhere. Do you see what I'm saying? It's not like, you know, West Ham players dropped the shoulder and skinned him and Oria had to make that tackle because if he would have crossed the ball, who knows what would have happened. It was was just jittering and uttering and stuttering and, and Oria's leant forward and the man, he's going to always go down. He's always going to go down. If you want to make that sort of tackle, do it in the centre, you know, where the centre circle is or up there, their side of the pitch. Why are you doing it where we are? Uh, uh, you know, to give them another opportunity to whip a ball in and, and try and score. And, and as Lee said, Winks, just look it. Just look it. Just rose it, mate. Just rose it. This is what I'm saying. The panic. The mentality sometimes with some of our players, and it's always been like this, is not there. It's too much trying to play tippy-tappy football. And sometimes you've got to win ugly, you know? It's just so frustrating. Mm. So frustrating. Yeah. It's just, we can all see it. That's the point. We can all see it. You know, I'm I'm not a football manager. Never have been. I never will be. But I can see it. Just, you've got 10 seconds left. Just knock it. Mm. Waste time. You know, 
just it's so difficult, isn't it? I mean, terrible. Marcus, terrible. on that last goal, just to kind of finish up on this topic, we've got to just squeeze in also a preview of our Europa League game to come on Thursday. Why is it, Marcus, like that? Why is, as Lee mentioned there, that kind of erraticness, that panic in those last few minutes of a game where at free to, although it is on tender hooks, we're still in control of this game. We've been leading this game for, you know, from the 16th minute, we were 3-0 up. From the 45 second mark, we were winning. Why is there this panic, even with Jose Mourinho in there, one of the most you know, successful managers in the world who's won everything that must, you know, again, instill into these boys about mentality, you know, character. Why is it not there, Marcus? What can you put this down to? Well, uh, to be honest with you, I think we had lost control of the game at that stage. We were panicking. It's a human nature. We're, we're, all, we're all frail in that regard. And we all know that, unfortunately, we've got a history of this sort of thing. Winks has come on. Good point that one of you boys made that he's, he's a squad player now. I wonder if he's lost a little bit of confidence. The ball comes to him in a split second there. He's only been on the pitch for a short time. He makes a mistake, doesn't know what to do. I mean, to be fair, it could happen. I, I know we all say well, it, it could only happen to Spurs. In truth, it could happen to just about anybody. It did happen to Ajax against us in the Champions League semi-final. So, you know, these things happen. And he paid the ultimate price because of a freak finish from a man who, as we've all rightly said, will probably never score a goal again in his life. Certainly not one like that. So, the, you know, I, you can read too much into it, but we just invited... It upon ourselves because of the issues we referred to several times, these individual errors and more than anything else, giving away free kicks in dangerous situations when we know we're not very good at defending set pieces. That's what it all comes down to. Just want to have give some mentions to Steven Bergvine. Started the game brightly and looked dangerous in the first half, but struggled to make an impact in that second half period and was replaced by Gareth Bale. Harry Kane, once again, the creator for Tottenham on the day after just 45 seconds for Hun Min Son. The sixth time he's laid on an assist for the South Korean. Then within eight minutes, he nutmegged Rice and fired low the bottom left corner of the net. Nine minutes later, he was heading home his second. Also stopped the last gas goal in the first half with a brave solid block in his own box, which at one point looked like he actually injured his back. He then hit the post in the second half and pulled off yet another important block later on at the other end, then put Bow away for what should have been Spurs' fourth goal. Hood Min Son, yet another confident finish within a minute from the South Korean, running on cutting inside and curling home a beauty for Tottenham to open the scoring. Then he provided an assist for Harry Kane soon after. He was denied by Fabianski after the hour mark of a sliding effort, but again, another decent performance from Hun Min Son. Of course, as we mentioned, we saw Gareth Bale make his second Spurs debut on the 72nd minute, and he almost had his moment on the 90th minute. As Kane played him through, he showed real quick feet to get past his man, but his shot was wide of the goal. Mourinho said on Gareth Bale, the decision not to start him was a good one. It showed he doesn't have a beautiful chair waiting for him in the team and it's there for him when he's ready. Everybody has to fight. He's coming to the group well. Everybody likes him and likes what he's found here. It's a pity that he couldn't have scored that fourth goal. That would have been crucial. We're going to go for our final break of the show. When we come back, we are doing a quick five on our opponents on Thursday night, which is Lask. I hope I pronounced that right in the Europa League. Taking you into this final break of the show, we've got the brilliant Tom Midler, who has previewed this game for us. And also, Anna from Spurs XY gives us an update on the Spurs women. We're back after this very short break. That was a tough one to take. Yeah, yeah. Difficult to believe. But it's real. Uh, we lost three points, uh, two points, let's say, let's say that. Threw them away, had them in the pocket and threw them away. 
I mean, the first half was so good, Jose, wasn't it? I mean, we, the attacking football we've we've been seeing of late, and I guess it's the other side of the coin in the in the well, only in the last ten minutes because everything looked under control until then. Yeah, but uh, sometimes football is difficult to uh, to explain. We can find uh, easily and say we are in trouble to defend two lateral uh, free kicks. We can go to the unlucky side of it and say uh, last second incredible shot and incredible goal. Uh, is a little bit out of the context. Uh, in the second half we didn't score, but we could. Uh, we had uh, better chances than them, I believe, because beauty, a beauty of a uh, of Harry uh, shot in the post and then another beauty of, uh, of Garrett in the face of, uh, of the keeper. So we were close to score the fourth goal and to kill the game. But that's football and you have to be strong to, to cope with, uh, with games like this. This is Premier League, this is the power of, uh, of every team, this is the belief that every team has. And we lost two incredible points and uh, three matches at home and uh, two draws that could be perfectly two, uh, two victories. And uh, it's a big punishment because we look to the table and uh, it's difficult to believe scoring so many goals and playing so well that we have only eight points. What do you, I mean, what do you say to the players after, after a game like that? You know, three goals last ten minutes. I mean, they're obviously devastating. In this moment, I say, say nothing. In this moment, I say nothing. I, I don't like to, to speak with the players um, after matches, especially when uh, bad things happen. I don't like to, to analyze, I don't like to discuss. I prefer them to go home and... Uh, We'll speak tomorrow. Hello everyone, it's Anna from Spurs XY and welcome back to the Spurs Women's segment here on The Last Word on Spurs. Unfortunately, another sad report. Um, we just lost 6-1 to Arsenal, uh, which has its a, a very few good points and uh, a lot of not so good points. So I was actually quite optimistic in the sense that we had um, Rihanna Dean starting, Lucy Quinn was starting, so the starting lineup was quite good. Obviously, my expectations going into the game were really low because Arsenal are a very strong side, even with a lot of injuries they have. Um, we've never beaten them, we've never scored against them before this game, and you know, there's a lot of things going against us. So, you know, my hopes weren't high, and they definitely didn't get any higher after the third minute, which is when they scored their first goal. And we were very quickly 3 0 down within 14 minutes. So that pretty much is it. There you go. No, I'm joking. It it does sum up the game, though. Um, whatever game plan we had went out the window. We ended up having half-time score was 5-0. We made a double sub within the first half in order to rectify some things. Uh, the second half was slightly better. We did get awarded a pen, but it was saved, sadly. So I thought that was going to be our first goal against them. It wasn't. Then they went up to score 6-0. And then Lucia Leon, who came on in the second half, managed to... Oh, no. First half? Whatever. Um, she managed to grab one, a consolation goal. So that was our first goal against them, which is, you know, we'll forget about very quickly. But at least it happened. Um, the second half was a little bit better, I guess. It couldn't have really been much worse, could it? So that was positive. Um, I was very impressed with Alana Kennedy. I've just, I've really, really liked watching her play in midfield. She's really strong. She really knows what she's doing. So, uh, I've, that was one of the signings I've, I've been very happy with so far. If I'm honest, there's not much else to really rave about. Um, Alex Morgan's still not fit enough to play. 
I mean, I can't blame her. She just gave birth, what, five months ago or so. That just, you know, she hasn't played in over a year. So I'm not surprised. There's no point rushing her back for this game, for example. But it would have been nice to see some sort of excitement. But I guess the excitement is that we hopefully will see Bale because when I'm recording this, it's right before the, the men's game. So hopefully that will go a lot better because right now my mood isn't the best and I'm really hoping that my evening will be a lot better as I hope you will enjoy the majority of this show. There's nothing much else for me to tell you about the women's games, so just enjoy the rest of the show and come on, you Spurs. The Opposition View. Hi, thanks for having me on to talk about LASK. LASK have had a really interesting run, actually, to reach this Europa League group stage. It's only the second time in the club's history that they've made it. That follows up on an excellent season last year in which they went all the way to the last 16 and were only knocked out by Manchester United in the end in a tie that was one of the first in Europe to be massively disrupted by the coronavirus lockdown. Last season in Austria, they were genuine title contenders with Salzburg, even finishing the regular season as leaders, actually, before dropping away in the final stages of the year. Despite that, though, they were definitely the second best team in Austria last year, and they have fought their way back through the qualifiers to get back here into the groups. They not only avoided a banana skin fixture, but they actually recorded their biggest ever European win when they demolished Slovak side Dunajska Streda 7-0 before heading away to Lisbon to face Sporting in the Europa League playoff. And I suppose while the casual fan would have expected a sporting victory, it was Lask actually who ran out 4-1 winners in that game and fully deserve another shot, I believe, at the Europa League groups. They've got a new coach this year in Dominic Talhammer. He's best known here for his fantastic tenure with the Austrian women's national team, but he's likely to retain the 3-4-3 formation, which has been the bedrock of Lask's recent successes. On the defensive side of that, you've got the young goalkeeper Alexander Schlager. He could definitely be on his way to being Austria's number one between the sticks for the foreseeable future. And Gernot Trauner as well, the key central defender who's got an excellent reading of the game and his no-nonsense tackling has really made the last defence one of the stingiest in Austria for a long time now. So if they hold up well, that will be key to their success this season. In the midfield, Lask managed to hold on to their prized asset and assist machine Peter Michol who's a good free kick taker as well. He'll play alongside the experienced Australian James Holland. And look out for some fast wing play, though, especially with the likes of Reinhold Ranftel, who himself is just breaking through into the Austrian senior national side. And that is no mean feat, actually, when you're still playing your football in Austria. They tend to prefer players who are playing in Germany. In the front three, you've got the young striker Marco Raguz. He's got an outstanding goal record in European competition, but he's really the middleman in a side that loves to press high and uh, break quickly down the flanks when they win the ball back. They look for their crosses to do some real damage. For that, Thomas Goiginger would be like a new signing for Lask if he can return from a long-term injury. And the actual new signing, Andreas Gruber, he's somehow managed to find the net five times already from the wings for Lask since arriving at the end of the summer break. And that included a delightful chip in that win against Sporting that I mentioned earlier. So there's no denying that Lask will be the massive outsiders for this game against Spurs. But they're a likeable little side operating on a minuscule budget and in many ways playing away in London on match day one is actually the ideal time for Lask. There's not too much scouting opportunity for Spurs and there's really no pressure at all on Lask for this one. They relished that role last season being the outsiders for all six of their group games in the Europa League. Uh, They were ties against PSV Eindhoven, Sporting once again and Rosenborg and they won that group impressively with four wins, one draw and only one defeat actually. That was away in Portugal and of course that is a loss that they've since more than avenged of course 
My gut feeling says that Spurs will be too strong on match day one as they're going to look to open up the group stage in strong style. But uh, watch out for Lask elsewhere in the group because they'll have their sights set on that second spot. So I'll go with a 3-1 Spurs win for this one. But uh, you never know, perhaps Lask will win themselves, some English fans at least. After all, who can resist a side aiming to break up Salzburg's title monopoly over here in Austria? And we're back. There you go. Final part of the last word on Spurs. I hope you've enjoyed this therapy session, although we hope these are going to be less therapeutic and more enjoying the way Spurs are playing this season. We've got Europa League to look forward to on Thursday, so there's not much time at all to rest on our laurels. We can bounce back, hopefully, in style. And against a team that I, quite frankly, have never heard of, I wonder if Marcus has heard of them. Marcus, are Europa League opponents on Thursday? Do you know much about this team that we're facing in Austria? Well, I've seen him play a few times because I'm lucky enough to cover the Champions League and the Europa League for Gravity Media. So I couldn't go into details. I know that they're currently fifth in the Austrian Domestic League. Okay. I can tell you they won the Austrian League in the 1964-65 season and they've been serial winners in the second division, winning on five occasions, most recently in 2016-17. And that's about it. That's not bad at all. That's, that's, said, that's that, more than what we've really done together, to be honest with you. So that's, that's, that's a one-nil one loss waiting to happen now, I suppose, <laughs> isn't it? Ahead of this game, Marcus, what do you think? Are we expecting many changes? What can you see Jose doing in terms of his pack? Is he going to shuffle it? Well, this is the interesting thing. And, you know, obviously we wanted to be in the Champions League. I think there's a lot of benefits of being in the Europa League this season. You know, the point I think all Spurs fans make is that we want to win silverware. If it's the League Cup, it's the League Cup. If it's the Europa League, it's the Europa League. Mourinho makes the point that he always wins the Europa League when he's in it. So I think he will make some changes. I'm looking forward to seeing, uh, I can never say, Venutius or whatever his name is up front. Can't wait to see, uh, you know, if he can replicate the form he showed for Benfica. The fact is we've, we've just about, maybe central defence uh, excluded, got decent cover in every position, which is why I'm excited about the Europa League campaign. It's the only time I ever criticised Pochettino when I you know, think that at times he didn't take the cup seriously enough and he could have done himself a huge favour, as we all know, if he just won something earlier in his career. So I think he'll make a few changes. I don't. I think he'll still go out to win the game. He'll want to get that group sorted as quickly as possible. But thank God we have now got the personnel to be successful. And I think I expect us to do very well on Thursday night. Can we get a prediction from you, Marcus, ahead of the game? Against Lask, I will go uh, three... Do you know what? I'm going to go three nil perversely. We'll keep a clean sheet after everything we've said <laughs> after tonight. everything we've said in this last hour, we're keeping a clean sheet. Isn't that... I'm always, you know, wrong. I'm always wrong, but that's what I'll go for. It amazes me on this podcast after we concede, we concede four or five goals a game and then we get a preview for the next game and someone goes, we're keeping a clean sheet. I'm thinking... <laughs> But we're it's just Lask. Spe- it's Lask, okay? But it's Tottenham. It's Uh-oh. Tottenham. <laughs> right, okay. And let's come round to you. And yeah, Europa League Thursday. It's not the tier of Europe we want, but listen, we're stuck with it. It is what it is. I think we'd rather be in it's Europe a- than out of it. What change are you expecting, Anne, ahead of this game? Um, yeah, like Marcus, I think Vinicius will, will, will play. I think Mora will start. And I, I could see Bale starting as well. Give him a bit of game time. I'm not saying that, you know, he might start the game and come off 60 minutes or he might come on 60 minutes and obviously finish the game. So I'm expecting to see Bale on, on, on Thursday, uh, along with, as I said, Mora uh, and uh, Vinicius and Deli Ali as well. OK, can we get a prediction from you, Ant, ahead of the game? What do you reckon? Uh... <laughs> I know you don't like doing these, I'm sorry. 3-1 uh, Spurs. 3-1 yep. Spurs. When you get no Anthony, hate squad numbers. Well, depending if they're if they're above 
18 oh. or 20 or upwards and doesn't yeah. like doing predictions. But there you go. We've got we've got a prediction from him. And now, very quickly, <laughs> are you quite happy about Roden's squad number? 14's not no. bad, is it? No? no, it should be 16. needs to be 16. Because 14's 40, quite a magical 40, player, isn't it, really? 14's magical. 14's Ginola yeah. to me and Modric. But... Uh... <laughs> Should have been 16, because then he could have emulated Bale. Yeah, Do you know what I mean? OK, OK. You know. We can have a word out and see if we can get a change for you, mate. I'll have a word of him. All right, nice. Well, okay. fantastic. OK. Lee, closing the show with you. Listen, it is what it is, isn't it? We've tried to make the best of what's been a, a very, very difficult game against West Ham. This game on Thursday, wow. Lee, chance to bounce back, chance to really you know, put some, you know, some a decent performance in against a Lask side that we don't know very well, but Marcus has very kindly given us the rundown on them. What are for we sure. expecting ahead it's of great, the game? Great what, research. What are we expecting? Again, I think I think teams now, you know, you got these superstars in, in Kane and Son and Bale, and you've got the superstar Mourinho. It's almost like people want to raise their game, especially in the Europa League. So, you know, Alaska are gonna uh, gonna come, they're gonna try and play some football. Uh, again, I don't know absolutely nothing about them, so I have no idea how they're gonna set up. Um, but they might play, try and play some football against us, like Maccabi Haifa did. Um, and you know, we could we could go and score a, a glut full of goals. I think we'd be hurting. I think the players that played out there today, even if they don't start on on Thursday, we, we, the club will want to put that right today uh, because that's, it has felt like a defeat today, even though it isn't. By the way, just everybody listening, we did not lose that game today. I'm just just putting out there the record, right? It was a draw. Um, I think I, I agree. I agree with the lads. I think we'll score um, a few goals. So I'm going for a three-one, um, and I do also think we'll see Bale. Um, and I really want to see Deli Ali. I really want to see Deli Ali. I want to see Deli Ali coming to that team, fired up and showing that he can do the business because I think that that's going to give us another string to our bow moving forward in what's going to be a very, very long season. So I expect Tottenham to win. I also expect us to concede. Um, and uh, and, and because, because of that, I'm going for 3-1. Okay, I'm going to join you. I'm going to go for I'm going to go for four-one Tottenham. I think we will see quite an emphatic response, even despite of what I've said on this show about our defensive concerns. And you know, attack-wise, we've got options, haven't we? That's the most important thing. Very quickly to finish the show, Marcus. I want to ask you about Delhi Alley. We don't get you on often. Obviously, a debut here. We hope to get you on. Listen, hopefully, hopefully a couple more times this season. What, you, Brilliant what debut, a, mate. What Brilliant. Does a, what does the future hold, Marcus, for Delhi Alley? Do you think he's got a future at Tottenham? I hope so. I really hope so, because we know how wonderful he was when he first came to the club. Um, and I look at what happened with Ndombele and the way that Mourinho's managed him. You know, I don't know exactly what, what went on behind the scenes, but I love the way that Ndombele has taken on board what was publicly thrown at him at times and obviously what was privately said to him during the close season. And he looks to be rejuvenated. A lot of it comes down to what Delhi Ali wants. I get the feeling that, you know, this has really hurt him and that it's a shock to him because he was he was the man, wasn't he, only a year or so ago. I don't think in his worst nightmares he envisaged that he would fall from grace to the extent he has. But I think that everyone knows how good he can be. And maybe, just maybe, this in the long term will be the best thing that's happened to him. So I sincerely yeah, I agree. I sincerely hope that he does play a big part um in in the Europa League and you know in, in some of the other sort of what do you call lesser matches but before long I, I think he, I still think he's got a huge role to play for Tottenham personally Okay fantastic. I completely agree yeah. I completely agree Marcus thank you ever so much for coming on and making your debut under very difficult circumstances we hope Pleasure. next time will be a bit easier for you we hope so uh, I wouldn't guarantee that but uh, <laughs> let's, let's hope so <laughs> Well I'll try to and see what we can do I mean I, I stupidly thought putting you in for West Ham you'd have a good chance to come off with a win well, yeah, that's the trouble with Spurs. You just never know. No, you don't. You never know. Thank you ever so it's much. It's the Premier League.
It's yeah. the Premier League. The wonderful Anthony Costa, who back on the last one on Spurs. And you'll be joining us through this season. And thank you ever so much. I'm yeah. sorry to do Let's this to you. Get me on. Get me back on. Love it. Love the, the you know, I love having a chat about Spurs and, and it's it's a good therapy session because I weren't in no mood to speak after the game, whatever. Oh my So you boys are brightening my night up. Oh listen, there you go. Well we try to do that. It's what the show's about. Have you a bit of therapy. We're making you feel better. We're going in the right direction, so that's good to know. <laughs> Honestly, the wonderful Lee McQueen back on my screen, back on our screens here. Lee, yeah, we've got a big week coming up, haven't we? Another big week coming up for Tottenham. It's a a big week. Games come thick and fast. I'm just going to leave you with this. We did not lose that game today. We're still sitting (laughs) sixth. We are only four or five points off the top of the league. We've got Kane. We've got Son. We've got Bale. We've got Ndombele. We've got the Celso to come back. We've got Deli to come back. We've got a world-class serial winner as our manager. Like yeah. at the end of the day, it was it was two points dropped like it was at Newcastle. Have a look at the amount of shots that we've had on target in the last four, five, six, seven games. We put five past Southampton, seven past Macaulay Hyper, six past Manchester United, three past West Ham. You know, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's a long season. Yeah, yeah. It's a long season and and we're there or thereabouts. Silly mistakes yeah. eradicate, something's happening. I still think, as Chris Callum would say trophies are coming there you go and that's why we end the show with Lee for that kind of again you, you always get that antidote from Lee there that is a positiveness whatever happens this come, is on, guys, come on you Spurs we hope you've enjoyed the show we'll be back with you very very soon hopefully you talk about a Tottenham Hotspur win to come on Thursday take care stay safe and as always come on you Spurs come on you Spurs come on you Spurs come on Sports Social Podcast Network Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.